welcome everyone to your bubble of wellness through science, cultivating a new generation. How is your model of love? What is the kind of coherence and congruence that you search for when experiencing this powerful force within you? We have been trained or domesticated to think that love comes from outside when in fact it is an internal energy that fills up every aspect of our lives if we consciously apply its enormous power and broaden our perspective of having a holistic experience when we nurture ourselves. Enjoy the episode 12 with the Dr. Jean Farish. With love, you have to love yourself and you have to begin with you so that you can have love in other places, no? That is so important. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Now, number three, question number three that I have for you is what drives your mission? Well, what drives my mission really is this philosophy about love uh, to combine all of my skills that I've used over, and, and not only skills, but my life challenges and life experiences and combine them because it really inspired me and it changed my meaning of love, right? Because I was like everyone else, you know, driven by these uh, outer uh, out external influences and not really having a grasp on what love really is. And of course, through the course of my life and through teaching, I always had a curiosity and I always felt like something that was more to life, you know, something was missing. And I asked myself existential questions, even as I taught classes to students and I would pose questions to them. And they also inspired me to really go deeper. And I would, and so in my quest for learning more and yearning, you know, uh, uh, looking for something more, something uh, that would give me greater satisfaction beyond just the external image of, you know, the personality self or the disillusions of uh, external pleasures in terms of the material gains, I kept searching for something deeper with more curiosity and uh, uh, knowing that it was more to life than just the illusions of what we see as our, as reality in society, I dug deeper. And I'm grateful that I really have found some answers here that I will share in our, you know, subsequent questions and conversation. Thank you. And I, I love that uh, saying about not being just driven by what we perceive because our senses can uh, sometimes give us a false image of what mm -hmm. is really happening. And right now, I think this is the most challenging situation. We are so very distracted by this environmental thing that yes. is happening all around yes. the world. No one yes. uh, yes. out from the equation. And that's something that for me is good because it is yes. awakening many people yes. to see that we yes. are in the same boat, to see mm -hmm. that if we concentrate our energy and if we focus on the positive things that we have inside of us and start looking within, we are not going to be distracted by anything. Yeah. So this is just a, a test. This is just something that 
probably is happening so that we can pick up another level and go higher from from just reacting from that experience no david that is you you are so right i think we're in this stage of evolution to raise our vibration and instead of really going outside looking at all these external things even though we have to be aware it is an opportunity for us to go deeper and i think the crux is really self-love and self-care and as we radiate self-love and self-care we change you know the conditions around us we uh, change our interaction with ourselves as well as with others and we change the whole vibration so each one reach one teach one whatever we do make a change if we're at that higher vibration of love yeah exactly <laughs> a change reaction and curiosity that's one word that speak of my mind because yeah. if you are not curious about what is happening for you yeah. it is not going to take you to learning to learning anything so if you are curious about how the new device works or how the <laughs> the financial status is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why you are not curious about yeah. yourself no yeah. we have to begin again with ourselves those are the biggest biggest lessons i think from this these years that we are living and this new stage because i i think that we are already in a new age mm -hmm. we are not longer in the, the stage where we were um, reactive and mm -hmm. right now we have to join forces and we have to help each other to really awaken more people and that's about awakening being mm -hmm. curious you know? You know, one thing you mentioned, I, I, of course, I'm uh, uh, having been a professor in higher education, you know, I was always into, you know, authenticity, self-inquiry, self-discovery, self-reflection, self-introspection. <laughs> and so I think that now we have to ask some hard questions that force us to go inward. Yeah. And only through self-reflection and self-introspection and self-inquiry, can we ask those hard questions and become more authentic? Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. Now, uh, what challenges have you faced that transformed your life? Oh, I, I love this question. <laughs> and I am delighted to share that. And as I shared earlier, I had that sense of curiosity. And after reaching milestones in my life, I kept asking, hey, it has to be more to life than this, you know? And I, I had a longing and yearning. And I think what I was yearning for was coming home to my true self. You know, I had this external image, the professor, the, you know, all these things, the, 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 the material trappings or whatever, but I kept saying it has to be more. I was a high achiever and a perfectionist, but under the veil of perfectionism was unworthiness. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah. Love was transactional. It was based on my perceived worthiness to receive it. And I was an overgiver. I was a people pleaser. And I sacrificed myself at my own expense to really please others and help others to the point where I was depleted. Mm -hmm. And I was really giving from a half filled cup and sometimes an empty cup. 
And what happened, these events catapulted me into the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And during that challenging uh, uh, quest, uh, challenging spiritual experience, I was digging deeper and I surrendered myself. And as a result of that, uh, through divine grace, I was given this fantastic opportunity to spend six months in Malaysia for a work opportunity. But uh, to no avail, I came home to myself as a result of being in this peaceful, tropical, loving environment with com in the communal spirit of these people and you know, communicating with priests and masters and volunteering at the Children's uh, Artistic Center, Lions Reach Artistic Center with children that brought open my heart and brought me great joy. So immersed in love, uh, I, I remember at the I knew that I was things were changing. You know, I was changing inside out. And at the end of my journey, I asked the question to myself. I asked that, what was the real purpose of my journey? A deep question that I asked my spirit and it was revealed to me that it was all about love. That was kind of the beginning of the transformation of my life and my plight to continue my journey to embody love and practice love and to share it and teach it for the good of myself and the good of humanity. Yeah, beautiful. As you mentioned, this um, search of something that... Yeah many people have felt is that kind of itching sensation yes. you have in your yes. body that yes this is not it i am yes. even at half tank yes Give a lot more i can do a lot more and it doesn't have to be just about gathering stuff it has to exactly. be something else exactly something, something similar happened to me in a in a in a journey also okay when, when i was sent to korea from a from a company i experienced the um the culture i experienced mm -hmm. the people i really mm -hmm. like uh, traveling that's why yeah. because you really connect with other cultures exactly other thinking and you mm -hmm. discover yourself in that mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. discover many things and those are the moments that you save and you, you know, as you mentioned, inside, something is changing. You are not the same. And you come back from those trips and you are not the same. Although it might happen in some time more that you will shift to what you want. But you already have that ingredient, yes. that yes. spark, let's say it. Yes. You know, David, uh, <laughs> sharing about your experience and career you know the thing about it is that travel opens us up yeah travels uh releases fear because if you have to integrate with other cultures or you know uh, adapt to a, a certain culture or adapt to the food or you know uh, adapt to being with uh, a variety of different people uh, uh different uh ethnicities religions or whatever to me what it did to me it opened me up and it released it it, it, it released the fear exactly. you know and uh, travel is, is just awesome and and it is very good that an analogy because when we open up with mm -hmm. love 
we break the fear. Yeah. Yeah. We make, break free and, and we dissolve the fear mm -hmm. and we just open to learning and to adapting. Mm -hmm. But David, this is, this is what is interesting that uh, we're not aware, you know, it's like when you're living in the box, yeah. you don't even see yourself, you know, outside the box. When I was in Malaysia, I stepped outside of my comfort zone and experienced life on a different level. But when I came back, I saw where I had been stuck. I saw where I was living in a box and nothing was the same after that. Yeah, I can relate to that because you know. it's, like, it's like you are in the plane now and you can see many things. Exactly, exactly. So, but you gotta go so that you can open. And yes. those are the moments that we are also being uh, driven to look for. And meaning to, to attach that question to the next one is, what is your meaning of love? Oh, I love this question. This is my favorite question. <laughs> you know, and of course, uh, Love, we know, is the greatest and largest experience of our lives. It's the language of our souls, right? Love is the light that shines in our heart. Love is the path to oneness. Love is the foundation of inner peace. And love is the lamp that guides us forward. So it, as you stated earlier, it's not just a, an enthusiastic emotion or an attachment to a love object. It is an attitude and it's an orientation that determines how we relate to ourselves and the world. So what shapes our perceptions and views about love are our families, institutions, society, culture, and it becomes a learned phenomenon. And that influences our beliefs and our values. And unfortunately, many are mired in fear. And so therefore, we become unaligned with the truth of who we really are. And whether it is unworthiness, feeling undeserving, not good enough, or believing that, as I once did, that love is transactional based upon worthiness to receive it, we become unloving and unlovable, which is the lowest vibration. <laughs> yeah. Low vibrational energy. So our challenge is to raise our consciousness to the vibration of love because it is our divine birthright. So how do we reclaim our power? How do we anchor in love? And here, uh, I like to just share uh, my meaning of love, which is really uh, connected to uh, Henry Drummond's uh, uh, analysis of the spectrum of love. He was an 18th century noble Scottish professor, scientist, author, evangelist, and world traveler. He analyzed the spectrum of love that includes nine ingredients. And um, those ingredients are patience, kindness, humility, courtesy, generosity, unselfishness, good temper, guilelessness, and sincerity. And he contends that all of these ingredients are necessary and they encompass love just like colors of the rainbow not one can be missing and this is what i call the holistic model of love that i adopt in my daily life and in my teaching and of course i just published a 
uh, an ebook on living in love, character, and philosophy of Henry Drummond, who was exemplary in the practice of love. So let's examine the application of what I call this recipe <laughs> of holistic love. We have to love ourselves enough to be patient. What is your spiritual energy? How can you learn from your own life events, experiences, encounters, relationships, pain, emotions, and picking up the messages? Many times in our lives we receive the calls, the signals, the messages in physical form with people in synchronistic events, in beautiful arranged songs and vibrations, and in painful experiences or in beautiful surprises. Enjoy episode 19 with The Energy of Your Soul by Julianne Guthrie-Smulson. To be honest to say, well, that's not what I meant. I respect your point. That's it. No? Mm -hmm. Everybody can be happy. That's it. No? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, what we as human, we have a responsibility to ourselves and healing ourselves yeah. each one of us so that we can interact and experience life so differently in a in a better way you know yeah. so that's my intention <laughs> <laughs> and just illuminate me with one of your experiences in terms of how do you help to heal people or or just talk walk me to through the journey of one of your healing well, well mm -hmm. a lot of times our emotional pain is expressed physically okay so um my son's fiance had a really bad toothache and she's tried she tried every like medication she could she couldn't get into the doctor she really didn't she's kind of like on the fence about what I do and I'm like okay are you open to me giving you some Reiki which is energy healing and she allowed me to do it I was you know sending her Reiki energy uh, to really leave the pain. And she was crying from this pain. And um, within five minutes, her pain was completely gone. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting mm -hmm. is the mouth, this chakra here, this part of the body is related to communication. Mm. <laughs> so I do a I do a lot of emotional body mapping in my work, mm. and um, so I will generally, if I pick something up like that in the body, I'll get impressions. Um, with her, I didn't go there because I knew she was on the fence, and I didn't want to turn her off to what I do completely. So, um, and maybe it's just not meant for me to go to. Um, I do pick up grief in the heart, mm. a lot of grief in the heart. And um, generally my clients can tell me exactly um, 
what what's going on in their life and it completely relates to what I pick up. Um, it's just making them aware so they can fix the problem. So I'm just a conduit. I'm not a miracle worker. I don't perform miracles. I don't cure people. I make them aware of what they need to heal. So um, sometimes people don't like to hear it. Yeah. And yeah. that's part of the process. <laughs> exactly. So I, I have more experience healing myself than I do with other people because I am actively always working on myself. <laughs> so, yeah. um, with me, I have, you know, changed a lot of my belief system, my, um, trying to be less judgmental of myself. And when you can clear that away, you can achieve great things. Yeah, because you are on your you are your own uh, judge and your own limitation. No? Exactly, exactly. So once you can change your own beliefs about yourself and your limitations, there's no limit, and you're free to achieve your goals. <laughs> Yeah. So right now, you know, when I, when I first started my journey, I went and worked with some healers for like a month. And in this process, when I came back, I went on a trip, I did it like a, a, a ceremony ritual. And when I came back, I was just high as a kite. I'm not literal, not on drugs or anything, but high, you <laughs> yeah. know, like on this experience that I'm going to achieve great things. So when I came back, I'm like, I'm going to learn how to play the drums. I'm going to write my book. I've got the title. I'm just like, let's go. So it's baby steps, one step at a time. And it's just like learning how to play an instrument. You have to slow down, read the music. You're not going to be perfect at first. You're going to mess up a bunch of times. You're going to be out of tune. You're, you're not going to sound good, right? Yeah. And um, so you have to slow down and go through the process of learning and experiencing step by step in order to get where you want to go. It's just an analogy, you know? And, you know, learning to play those drums, I took lessons for a year and a half and I wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a lot to learn though, but that's part of the process. And that's a part of healing ourselves is, you know, okay, it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. It's and no, continue continue it's okay you know it's going to take time to heal yeah. you know it, you can't like in we live in this instantaneous society <laughs> where let's just flick the switch and everything's going to be fine well it doesn't work that way i'm sorry it took a long time to get into this crappy position we're at in this state to fix it so it's going to take time to fix it yeah exactly that's That's one of the posts and the videos that I did during this week. 
speaking about the fear of uh, releasing something or just expressing your work because people is afraid of what is going to think and the opinions and making mistakes. So I just spoke that we are our own judges. We think that people are going to have an opinion, but mostly it's positive. Or if it's criticism, it makes you improve also. No, it's if, it's if it's envy, then it means that you are doing good. <laughs> and people feel threatened sometimes by you doing your own thing, no? <laughs> it's, it's very true. And when you go through your own healing process, um, there are some people that get removed from your life because yeah. they are not in alignment with what you need to do as a human being here on the earth this time around. Yeah. But also they are there to serve a purpose. Like you say, they're going to make us better. They're going to make us step back and look at what we're doing. And sometimes you just have to tune that junk out <laughs> yeah. because, because your your mission is so um it's in your soul it's in your blood it's in your bones and it doesn't matter what anybody else says yeah you're I'm, gonna get you're gonna move forward you know eventually you get to that point it's like sorry <laughs> sorry yeah. I, I can't listen to this i ain't got time for it <laughs> yeah exactly and i think that this process that we have lived everywhere in, in the world, this pandemic state and this virus came to open the eyes of many people and to really clean. It was mm -hmm. a cleaning, deep cleaning system because many people healed, many people improved, many mm -hmm. people uh, took their own life uh, by the hands and start doing what they were afraid to do because they were pushed by the pressure of not having the same kind of business that they have before mm -hmm. or the same kind mm -hmm. of job that they have before and as you say you are also going to clean your social circle it happened to everyone i think mm -hmm. that we just start to take our, our own path and people just went in the other way if they have to go anywhere else no exactly <laughs> Exactly. Um, you know, I think as a society right now, we as individuals really need to kind of step back from 2020 in this pandemic situation and go, okay, what was the good that came out of this last year? Even though, you know, we were stuck on the couch or, <laughs> you know, in our, in our home office somewhere. Um, what was what were the good things what really resonated through the whole thing that was good that we're gonna take and we're gonna apply to 2021 and beyond for yeah. me you know i had to rethink things um you know i really wanted i just opened a brick and mortar office in 
the prior December 2019 and I struggled with having to close it. Yeah. And, and I had to be okay with it and go, you know, this isn't defeat. This is out of your control. Um, what else can you do? So I started my own part podcast and bringing those healers and people like yourself onto my podcast to share what they do to help other people. And it was just an extension of my business. So I, I also had time to do more personal healing. And, um, and through that process, I was led to um, take that idea, that intention of helping other people, bringing healers together, other people together. They don't have to necessarily be healers um, or call themselves healers, but they make a contribution to society in a positive manner. Um, so my next idea is taking that to the marketplace and community I'm building online. So um, I can't say 2020 was a really bad year because it brought future possibilities. Yeah. And that's something that we all have to learn that the crisis, that the chaos is just uh, energy fixing itself so that it um, aligns with what you want. You are the only one that can align that energy in terms of your life, in terms of what you want to do. And the expansion is on you. It's not on the outside, uh, I don't know, noise, no? Because that's just a, a way to manipulate into making you like the, how do you say, the hearth, no? So. Yeah, so we, you know, we really need to look at that, you know, this is, you know, some people called this period of time, uh, the dark night of the soul of the earth, and all of the people. <laughs> and, and in that process, if people aren't aware of this, the dark night of the souls where we're all crying, we're going through our pain, our pain is coming to the surface to be um, transmuted to the positive. So we're still going through that. So we just have to baby ourselves and listen to ourselves. And, you know, I don't know how much time we have left and we got a lot of time to talk. Yeah, <laughs> we have time. <laughs> um, you know, there's one thing I'd like to speak to, and that is the promptings of the soul. So I know there's a lot of innovative and creative ideas that came from this pandemic and that are going to emerge. Just, it's just going to be an explosion of all of this creative energy that people <laughs> had time to like, think about it was incubation process huh? exactly so so i think there's a lot of people out there that are going to be following the promptings of their soul and that's really important to do not just like starting a business 
but how important are the choices that you take in your everyday life to impact your genes? Are you able to reverse damage, remodel your genes to thrive? Today we talk with Lucy Gable, author of Eat to Live, leadership strategist and professor at San Jose State University and George Washington University School of Medicine about how the choices that determine our health can even remodel our DNA. Enjoy the episode. So powerful. I, and I loved uh, just back to the placebo effect that you talked about early on in your career that you saw was happening. You were thinking there's something so much bigger to this and how can people be getting better from nothing? I remember reading that the placebo effect is actually a big percentage of what we find in the research studies. Do you know that offhand? Often it is around 30 to 50 sometimes, 30 to 50%. So yeah. it varies, of course, on the on the ailment or, or on, the, on the disease. But if you can see a 30, if you can see a 50, that means that 70% of the of the things are just controlled by the things that we are thinking, no? So yeah. the things that we are doing, the 50% is a lot of people that is just getting better with nothing. So, and that can be improved, I think, more if we just trust more in what we have inside, no? <laughs> Yeah, our body's ability to repair itself and to be healthy. We're naturally supposed to be healthy. Yeah, I, I was reading about, um, by the way, epigenetics is such an exciting area that uh, I'm always looking into that. And that's really the, I think, proof that we can make ourselves better or keep ourselves well with just, not just thinking, but acting, of course. And how the and that's proof on how the environment affects not just you know what we look like, but or how we feel that day, but all the way down to our genes, epigenetics. It's the science and the study of what comes above the genes and affects the genes. So um, yeah, I was reading about that just this morning, <laughs> and how just parts of the environment. But let's just talk about food, for example molecules in good food, plants basically, will turn on or off a gene. <laughs> yeah. So they can turn on the healthy genes, turn off the unhealthy genes, basically that's what they do. They don't turn on bad genes, generally speaking. So, and even if we're born with some genes from one parent, one side of the family that say, oh, you're, you know, you're meant to have diabetes or heart disease or you know, some other ailment, that if we do the right things, we can turn off or postpone that gene. We can stop that those genes from actually acting out in our lives. And I think that is so exciting. And that's once what you were saying back to, we can get better from nothing. <laughs> it goes hand well, in hand. That nothing is is the thought, no? Is mm. is the the intention and the belief that we have that our bodies are going to repair themselves with the help of the trust 
But many times we place the trust in something external because we are also primed by all the society and by all the media that we need something from outside so that we can improve the, the inside of our bodies. But what really change is just the thought that we have, no? It's just a vibration. I was also listening to a documentary today about the vibrational nature that we, that we have and how our bodies and the vibration that we emit usually is about 7.8 hertz or pro more or less, that's why they approximate the number to 10 hertz. And that's also the vibration of the earth. That's also the vibration of nature. So every time we are around nature, every time we connect with ourselves in meditation, we get to that point of vibration and we repair. And there was a very uh, attractive study for me that was done in the early 1930s in, in a German uh, university. And they placed the students in, in a in the basement of a facility where they were not able to, to have the, the sunlight, sunlight. Where they were completely isolated of, of nature and they were, uh, they were put there for several months and they measured their health and how it was deteriorating and they also measured the vibration of their bodies and the vibration was also getting disrupted by isolating themselves from the, the vibration of the earth. So it is amazing how these kind of vibrations are going to change us and how all the, the things that we have now in the digital stage are also um, leading us to disrupt our vibrations, no? Yeah. Well, I mean, and there, that for me is obviously research that is just in the beginning phases. You know, there are a lot of things that we can't see with the naked eye that are just beginning to be researched. For example, like you're saying, you know, how we vibrate and we do because we're molecules actually. We're small, teeny atomic particles that yeah. are together and more space than there is mass right it's so interesting but that might be a little too deep <laughs> yeah yeah well, that that's deeper because it's physics and it's all the quantum theory and those things but it is just how how we don't know so much about ourselves and how we by trusting and by repairing the contact with the simple things we can just adjust our our bodies to to keep the balance and to keep in health, no? Well, that's so interesting how you say, don't know so much about ourselves. So when we first got together to talk about doing this podcast, um, we had a little conversation and I think that you reached out to me after my post about age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I do want to chat a little bit about that because there's and it goes right along with placebo effect i mean if one if everyone can keep that in mind as we're talking about it that um 
I, when I was studying, beginning my study in physiology, exercise physiology and nutrition, I started learning, this was before epigenetic soap. Uh, I started learning about how when we exercise regularly throughout life, our bodies can have the internal workings of someone 30 years younger. Yes. Now the skin is different, but now we know a lot more about the skin too. So that's coming, <laughs> but we started learning about the insides, the muscles, the, the blood vessels, the heart, you know, and how much younger they look than the actual age of the human, just from exercising regularly and somewhat intensely on a regular basis. So that's when I started, you know, I, I believed long ago that I'm, and I'll share that story maybe later, but you know, about our ability to control or have an effect on how we age and what happens to our bodies as we go through life. This started to be proof to me like, huh, <laughs> wow, yeah. there are 60 year olds that have some parts like a 30 year old and that's really exciting. And that was actually my motivation that right there, you know, to get teaching about this and also get, make sure I kept doing it myself. And so then there's this other side, though. Um, I was lucky enough to be interested in that and learn about that very early. But then there's another side where I think a lot of people reside about age. And that is they have an idea about what aging looks like. You know, oh, at 40, it should look like this. At 50, it looks like this. At 60, it looks like this. And then that's what they believe. And that's what happens. Okay. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think there are many ways. One of them we just talked about, you know, what literally what we think is a lot of times how our body reacts. And we don't know the specifics of that, but we've seen it, right? And then the other part is psychologically, we have done research in uh, what we believe, what we think is what our mind is turned on to finding. So if we have a belief, the mind will be much more open to seeing proof of that belief, you know, rather than seeing the other side of the coin. So if I'll just say, uh, I remember in my twenties, you know, I had a friend that would, would, that said, oh, you know, my knees, I'm getting old. And I'm like, you don't say Not that, you're 20, 20 <laughs> you know, don't say that. But that person, the reason why I said it is like, if you say that my knees are hurting, I'm getting old, you will constantly feel pain in your knees because that's what your brain, brain is attuned towards. And you yeah. will constantly see, watch yourself get older and your knees get worse. But if your brain is attuned towards something else, which you can train yourself to do, you know, like, no, this is just a temporary pain. Maybe I'll stretch and it might feel better. Oh, I just stretched and it did feel better. I'm, I'm perfectly fine, <laughs> you know? Then we have a different way of aging. But at the same time, if we expect ourselves to be and look and feel a certain way as we go on in life, that's what I was saying, that's what'll happen. So I decided to stop thinking or even knowing what my age was about 15 years ago because I don't want to have an expectation of what I should be like today or what I should be doing or how I should be feeling or like, you know, how, you know, anyway, that's, that's where I was going with that. <laughs> no, that's, that's perfectly uh, blended with the, with the talk about the vibrations and, and the beliefs and the placebo. 
So it, it all links together because it is the, the vibration of your thoughts. It is the attraction. It is the attention of the things that we are primed. We are primed by, by society or by labels, by the chronological age. How are we supposed to be? And everything is already defined for us in certain stages of life. So if we are attentive to those messages, of course, we lose our ability to reverse the things and to really uh, have more attunement or balance with what our bodies are dictating us and our bodies are doing. And those messages that we need, the, the certain kind of food or those messages that we need to exercise in certain time of the day or in certain days, those are the subtle messages of the body of telling you, you need to detoxify something. You need to get rid of something and you need to start eating something different that might not be what the society is telling you to repair yourself. But, and when we are children, we are very connected with those messages. And I know this because my daughter it has different kind of tastes for, for the food. So at certain times of the season or of the year, she demands to eat, for example, let's say eggs, no? And, and she has the crave to eating egg. So we give her eggs, even if she wants at the morning or in the afternoon, it doesn't matter because that's what the body is asking. And it asks for that because it needs the, the minerals and the vitamins and everything that is inside of the egg. So the body already knows what you need so if you just pay attention to the messages and as you are children, you are not distracted with what society tells you. So that's what happens. She doesn't eat also candies because she, she doesn't like sugar too much because we, we are healthy in that way. We have get rid of many of the sugary things. Although we sometimes have those pleasures, no? But she she's not anxious about them. So she knows that when she wants to eat them, she can, and oh, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen because she doesn't do it often. And she, do, she just do it by what she feels. So if we connect the feeling with what we need, that's when we synchronize those energies, no? Oh my gosh, that is awesome. I mean, Wow, just so exciting to hear how you are doing that with your daughter at such a young age. Yeah. And right, she's clean. She doesn't have any preconceived notions or yeah. uh, she's just paying attention to her body and what it's asking for. And that is such a pure example. I love it. <laughs>